life here on earth, the purpose, the general, the umbrella, the overriding principle that God has for my life here on earth is to do what? To glorify Him, to be a praise to Him. Now see, that, that changes everything. And secondly, surrender your will to Him. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Who can quote that? Anybody in this church can quote Romans 12, 1 and 2. Anybody got an idea of what Romans 12, 1 and 2 is? Now, folks, you've got to get this scripture. I'm going to preach from it one day, so you need to get this scripture. You need to understand this scripture. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I'll give you a minute to look it up. And then when you see it, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I know that scripture. See if I quote it right. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your parents' faith, that you present your wife's faith, your husband, your mama, your daddy. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the what? By the mercies of God. The mercies of God are simply this. God's allowed you to breathe. <laughs> You're still breathing. That's the mercy of God. He has every right to take your life away because of your sin. But you're still breathing. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present. When you come into this place and you come in here to worship, what are you doing? You are presenting yourself. If you received a summons from the court, it would order you to present yourself. It would order you to appear. And you would appear or they would come and get you. So he says, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies by the mercies of God as a what? Living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He's not asking anything out of reason. He just wants your life. <laughs> All of it. He's saying, this isn't unreasonable. I just want your life. <laughs> so what if your kids got up in your face tomorrow and they said, you know what? You can't run my life. You can't tell me what to do. I'm talking about the little ones, not the big ones, but the little ones. They got all up in your face and boy, they just told you where the cow ate the cabbage, you know. I'm not going to school. I'm not going to make my bed up. I'm not going to clean my room. I'm not taking a bath. What if your kids did that? How long would they be standing? About five seconds, right? But I, I can just see many of you. Your face would change colors about five times. And one of the spouses, if there's two spouses involved, would be restraining the other one. And saying to that child, you might want to get out of mama's sight right now because you're about to lose your head. You just don't know how close you are. I mean, you brought that child up. You're responsible for that child's life. And here this child is rebelling against you. Well, so it is with God's work in our life. He has redeemed us. He has purchased us. He owns our life. And for us to stand up in his face and say, Look here, God, I'm going to do this. God says, Oh, you are, huh? Think you're big enough now, do you? You can handle it on your own. Think you can do it your way, huh? Have at it. He'll let you do it. How many of you have made a mess out of it by doing it your way? Yeah, all of us can raise a hand on that one. Amen. And so then, separate yourself from sin. James 1.5, we need to come apart from sin. And then I should preach a whole message on that because there's not enough preached on that today. The reason we have so many powerless Christians today is because they are got their pet sins that they have kept at home under the bed and they call them out and play with them all the time. And wonder why 
They don't have any power, any anointing, any direction, anything in their life. One of those pet sins is bad habits. One of those pet sins is lack of dedication and commitment to God. Well, I don't feel good this morning, God, so I roll over and go back to sleep. When are you going to get up? When are you going to get up? When are you going to stand up and grow up? How long are you going to piddle around like a little whiny child? If, if, if you had a job, you had to go to work, would you call the boss up and say, Boss, I'm sorry, buddy, I just don't feel good. I can't be there today. How many days would you do that before the boss would say to you, I don't need you? No, you don't do that because you know that's what will happen. You know if you want that job, you've got to go there and you've got to fulfill your obligation. Well, what about God? What about if I called y'all next Sunday and, and the, they had a phone here in the church and they put it on the system and I said to y'all, uh, folks, uh, uh, you know, I woke up this morning with a headache and I, I just don't feel like coming down there today. Y'all, God bless you. Have a good church. And many of you would say, boy, that's a tremendous pastor right there. Hallelujah. I'm just looking forward to hearing him preach next Sunday if he makes it. No, you'd say, I'm in the wrong church. Man, if that's, the, if that's the level of dedication and commitment that preacher's got, I'm in the wrong church. I don't belong here. I'm out of here. Well, folks, when we are so slack in our commitments and keeping our commitments to God, uh, God looks at us and says, you know, when are you going to grow up? Are you going to grow up at least to the point where you can keep the most elementary, basic commitments? How long are we going to deal with you on the level of a one or two-year-old? How long is it going to take for you to progress at least to puberty? You know, confession and restoration. Folks, the Holy Spirit can correct your course if you will admit you're wrong. But if you won't admit you're wrong, He can't help you. The minute you say, God, I was wrong. I opened my mouth. I said something or I went the wrong way. God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. The Holy Spirit comes in and says, it's settled. Boom, fresh anointing, and you're off and running again.